This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Words of Integration and Guidance, Peggy Taylor and Mullen. I was on a train on a rainy day. The train was slowing down to pull into a station. For some reason, I became intent on watching the raindrops on the window. Two separate drops, pushed by the wind, merged into one for a moment and then divided again, each carrying with it a part of the other. Simply by that momentary touching, neither was what it had been before. And as each went on to touch other raindrops, it shared not only itself, but what it had gleaned from the other. I saw this metaphor many years ago, and it is one of my most vivid memories. I realized then that we never touch people so lightly that we do not leave a trace. Our state of being matters to those around us, so we need to become conscious of what we unintentionally share so we can learn to share with intention. A reading from scripture from Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Gospel according to John Chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. For the word of God in Scripture for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us. Amen. 
So I was vacuuming out the van this week, uh, our minivan at Quality, you know, where they have the free vacuums. You know that. You think I'd take advantage of that more often. Uh, but I don't, and it was due, so I parked our Odyssey and you know, hopped out and grabbed a vacuum and shortly after a guy with this nice sports car pulled in right next to me and well, nice car. And I thought he, I was hoping that he wasn't looking too closely as I'm pulling out candy wrappers and half-eaten granola bars and chunks of brownies that I don't know how long they've been in there. And I mean, there was like a half inch of debris on the floor of the van. It was, it was due. Crumbs and miscellaneous, you know. And I briefly thought, it must be nice driving a nice car like that, fast, clean. And he may have thought, glad I'm not driving that old thing. What a mess. And in fairness, it was a mess. But you know, in situations like this, we hear voices. Maybe a voice of jealousy or envy. I wish I had what he has or what she has. Or maybe a voice of, of pride or disdain. I'm glad that's not me. Or I'm glad that's not my situation. But then another voice came to me which said, what if all he has is that sports car? What if the reason it's so spotless is because doesn't have anyone to ride in it with him. I hope that's not true, but, you know, it made me feel better. No, wait, that doesn't sound right either. Okay, scratch that. That's not what I meant. That is not what I meant. Wow. Sometimes things just come out. But I did, after that moment of thinking, wouldn't it be nice to have that fancy car I looked back at my less than stellar ride and I thought, you know, each crumb, each wrapper, each ripped piece of homework floating in this car is there because someone I love was in this car. And the reason I drive a minivan is because I got four awesome kiddos that I get to hang out with. And I thought about our odometer, which is approaching 230,000 miles. But I thought of all those miles and the trips that we've taken together. And we've taken that thing out to Joshua Tree National Park in Southern California, Arches in Utah. We've driven that van across the Golden Gate Bridge, up into the Yukon Territory in Canada, even into Alaska. So thinking of all those memories in this beat-up old van made me smile. Would I like a sports car? Sure. <laughs> But am I glad that I have a family of people I love and that I get to lug around in a not-so-sporty minivan? You bet. It's the best thing in the world. Most days. But the point is, we all have internal voices that tell us things, right? Sometimes they tell us negative things. Sometimes they tell us positive things. And then there are external voices telling us we need to act a certain way, dress a certain way, vote a certain way, be a certain way. And it's hard to navigate with all these voices, hard to discern who to listen to and why and when. And the voices we choose to listen to matters because it'll affect the decisions that we make, the values that we hold, the things we choose to do. 
And in our text today, Jesus reminds us that there is a voice calling. A voice that, if we heed it, will lead us into a life that is whole. A life that is abundant. Not necessarily easy, but a life, ultimately, that will be good for us and good for the world around us. So we have a little bit of a a cryptic text here this morning that feels like it comes out of another setting. That, in fact, does come out of another setting. Rural first century Palestine. And Jesus is often speaking to peasants and farmers, or people who know a number of peasants and farmers. And so, as we know, he uses a lot of earthy uh, examples and stories. And here he says, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief or a bandit. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd. The gatekeeper opens the gate, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls them and leads them out. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Well, that seems pretty clear, right? Sheep know their shepherd. They have an affinity for the shepherd and follow their shepherd. But if you're a little confused, that's okay, because verse 6 says, Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. So if these people, in Jesus' own time and place, weren't sure what Jesus was saying, and he's using an example that's immensely familiar to them, then I think it's okay for us to say, well, maybe we don't understand it 100% either. Well, I was trained in a theological system where we were taught that we could always know the right answer and perhaps should always know the right answer, but I think sometimes the right answer is admitting, I don't know, or I'm not sure. So they weren't sure what Jesus was saying. I'm not sure I know what Jesus was saying, but let's try to figure it out a little bit anyway, right? Jesus seems to be implying that he is the shepherd in this example, and his followers are the sheep. Always a flattering image. But he hints that there may be other leaders or other voices for those sheep, doesn't he? He says that some might want to come in by the back door, so to speak, and not come in by the gate. And so it seems that he's perhaps criticizing the religious leadership of their day. Israel's shepherds, so to speak, religious leaders, in some ways got themselves fat instead of feeding the sheep that they were entrusted with. Many Palestinian Jewish peasants had lost land, and they had huge debts. And so life for them was anything but abundant. And this was not unrelated to the corruption of the Jerusalem temple officials, Pharisees, and other religious leaders who made deals with Roman officials to their own benefit, often at the expense of the people under their care. So maybe the imagery of thief and bandit fits. But also notice the direction of the movement here. He says, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and are led out and are led out of the sheep pen. Often, we assume the point of church is to get people in the door. But Jesus reminds us that maybe our main calling is to hear his voice and to go out into the world, to then emulate 
who he was and is to the world. So clearly Jesus seems to be the shepherd in this example. And in fact, a few verses later in the chapter, he says, I am the good shepherd. And he says it twice, in fact, in verse 11 and verse 14. But the people, as we remember, didn't quite understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus tries another angle. He says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Wait a second, you were just the shepherd. And now now you're the gate. How can you be the shepherd and the gate? What's happening here? No wonder folks were struggling a little to follow along. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. They'll come in and go out. So again, we have the imagery of sheep, uh, uh, the imagery of coming into the sheepfold by the gate, and now we have movement in both directions, coming into the community and then going out into the world. And somehow Jesus says in this example that he's the gate. And so I think what this multiple imagery does for us, Jesus saying, I'm the shepherd, also I'm the gate. While it may be a little bit confusing, I think what he's saying is there's just a lot of different ways to think about this thing. And he's using these as images, as analogies to capture some deeper meanings that he is illustrating for us. So again, Jesus says, whoever enters by me will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Well, let's explore this a bit. What does Jesus imply here by salvation? He says, if they come in by me, they'll be saved. What does Jesus mean by salvation? It's a word we hear a lot in church circles. Well, I think this is where our text in Acts that was read earlier comes into play. In Acts 2.44, we read, All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day they spent time together, they broke bread at home, and they ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Sounds pretty awesome. And then it says, day by day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That's the kind of being saved I could get into. You know, I grew up with the idea that being saved meant praying a prayer so that I wouldn't go to hell when I died. It had nothing really to do with right now and everything to do with later. Yet in the earliest Christian communities, it seems, being saved is about right now. About right now. And here were people, as we noted, many of whom had economic challenges. Or perhaps they weren't invited into the community of faith because they were sinners or outcasts. And yet now they're being invited to a place where their needs are met and where they're welcomed with joy. When you don't have food to eat, being saved is someone saying to you, pull up a chair, there is plenty. When you're alone and don't have community and have experienced all kinds of rejection, being saved is someone saying, you are welcome here. So I think what Jesus is saying is that when you enter the Jesus community, 
which you can picture alternatively as hearing the shepherd's voice or entering through the gate, you experience salvation. You find connection with God. You find connection with other human beings. You find that your physical needs matter and your inner life, your spiritual life matters. Jesus also hints that there are other leaders people might follow or other voices out there that people might hear. Voices, he says, who can be likened to thieves who come only to steal and kill and destroy. This is where it gets a bit dicey, doesn't it? You don't want to jump too quickly to say, well, we know who they are. But I'll try. Gently. Um, well, you know some of what happened this past week in our political leadership. A, a new health care law was talked about and uh, passed the House, apparently. has not passed the Senate yet. Is that correct? Right? So it's uh, awaiting a vote in the Senate. Uh, a new health care law to uh, repeal and replace the prior or current, we might say, ACA or Obamacare. And I've heard a number of things about this, as perhaps you have. Uh, and some of what I've heard and read is that this is a new law that benefits those who already have. It benefits the wealthy. It benefits young and healthy people. If you're young and healthy, you can get coverage at a pretty good rate. But who it doesn't benefit is older people or people with illness, people with pre-existing conditions. And you wonder what voices people listen to that make them think, yeah, this might be a good thing. This might be what we need. You wonder what voices tell people that this might be something that represents the values of compassion, care, kindness, and communal responsibility. But clearly there are voices, right? And this makes sense. Or it wouldn't get proposed. Well, something else happened on Thursday, which was our national day of prayer. It was also May the 4th, so that was a little awkward. You know, it's like Star Wars Day and the day of prayer. I don't know. You know, two immovable objects like the Force and the... Okay, amen. But on Thursday, which was the National Day of Prayer, uh, apparently the president signed some uh, legislation saying that churches can and should be more political. Did you hear about that? You heard about that. It makes us all nervous, doesn't it? But I just wanted to say that so that whatever I say next, it's not illegal. I wanted to read something that uh, perhaps some of you read, something my wife wrote uh, this past week in response to all this talk about health care and this law that is in process of perhaps becoming law. She says, I've used up or lost my words for this administration and the political, political leaders who bow to his power and bend to his will. The words are simply gone. Day after day after day, it is all so absolutely unfathomable what is unfolding. I feel as if I've been knocked senseless and am now stumbling around this madness, grasping for some other unseen reality. 
The thing that is most shocking, no terrifying actually, is the way such a large percentage of the evangelical church continues to support the actions of the administration. Actions that embody the antithesis of Jesus' gospel message. Hinting at what we talked about, uh, which voices are we hearing? She writes, this country continues to gain boots that trample on the poor, the powerless, the sick, the fatherless, and those without a voice. Meanwhile, piling on unparalleled rewards to the wealthy and the powerful, so much like Rome. Our enormously incomprehensible wealth inequality speaks to this, and it is downright shameful for any human of any religion to support or participate in it. But for Christianity, a religion that's centered on Jesus, exclamation mark, it is downright embarrassing. Can I get an amen? I'm not going to read her whole post, but then at the end she says, And to my Bible-believing, Jesus-seeking friends who are fleeing the church, I see you. I commend you. Sometimes you need to leave the church in order to find God and participate in the kind of life Jesus calls us to. Good stuff. Soon we'll get her up here to preach it herself. But I found that last line very telling and true in my experience and perhaps yours. Sometimes you need to leave church to find God. Or to put it in terms of our text today, sometimes you need to leave church to hear again the voice of Jesus. There were many voices in Jesus' day claiming to speak for God. There are many voices today claiming to speak for God. For God. Jesus says not all of them are worth listening to. That was true then, that's true now. We always need, I think, to take what we hear and to weigh it, to turn it over, to wrestle with it, to talk with others about it, to match it against Scripture and other texts that inform our lives. We need to pray and ask Do I hear Jesus? Speaking here, do I hear goodness, truth, compassion, love, mercy in this? And so we have to question, I think we have to discern. And I think that's true certainly of anything you might hear me say or anyone else whose voice you might hear. It's true of the voices you might hear within yourself as well. Is this true? Is this good? Is this holy? And I'm grateful for this community that's gathering here. I'm grateful for communities like this that are gathering across our town, across our world. I'm grateful for some people who are saying, I need to leave church for a while. Because in all of that, I sense a longing to really hear Jesus and to begin to embody his love for the rejected, his passion for justice, and his invitation to a life that is whole and beautiful and good. And that sounds like a salvation I could believe in. Amen. Amen. Namaste.
as you go from this place into our world where there are, of course, many competing voices, may the voice of the Good Shepherd come through to you to lead you into that life that he longs to lead you into. And as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.